What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for films that have been remade, rebooted, sequelized, and have otherwise been done before. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Zane Guzelderly. Hello, thanks for having me. And we are talking about the remake of the hit film Aladdin. Coming to you straight from Agrabah. Yes, the non-fictional world. I love it. I love it when they, they get to that point in the movie. It's like, well, where are you from? It's like, oh, I'm from Mababwa. It's like, well, that's a fictional place. Well, so is Agrabah. So is all What are the semantics of, like, these desert towns? They just, they're pop-up villages. Well, and then they, to get ahead of our have this map that makes it look like it's an island? That is true. <laughs> I did look at that and I'm like, as, as uh, the cartographer part of my brain was like, but is this like in a different universe on a, a different planet? Like, is this even Earth where like the Sudanese culture is just like, it is the whole world. The sands cover the globe. It's some weird like water world, I mean, sand I world. I guess that's why we open on the pirate ship instead of a... Uh... That's true, too. It was interesting seeing like, here's what I'll say. Uh, <laughs> I think that these movies are very difficult to make uh, when you're changing... Uh, kind of the launching point of it. Uh, I'll take it even further. I think book adaptations are tough when, uh, like, uh, uh, Laz Berman did uh, The Great Gatsby. His book ends, to which that book doesn't really have one, it's like, oh, well, Nick Carraway is a drunk and he's crazy and in a crazy hospital talking to a doctor. It was like, what the fuck is this? And so when watching Aladdin, I should keep it. I apologize for my language. This is a, 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 a what is it, GPG film? Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably. I'll throw a filter on, but it's out there now. Uh, it, it was the kind of thing where I was like, how will they do this? The merchant opens the original one. I believe that's how they do it in the stage play. Yeah. It's always meant to be like, it's secretly the genie. You don't know that. And he's going to tell the story. And instead, it's Will Smith on a boat with a couple of kids. We don't know his connection to the story, if there is even one. And it begins like this, sit down, children, let me tell you this moral-filled tale. And it launches from there. And I, I liked it. Because I, I felt like... Of that, the two songs and the slight change to one character in the ending, I felt like those were the only changes that were made, which they seem to be doing with the exception of Dumbo, which I don't really know what Dumbo was. Oh. Loved your podcast, by the way. It wasn't it. good. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was lazy and boring. And so because that's the most recent one to date, I'm, of co- course, uh, comparing Aladdin to it the hardest and I'm just kind of viewing Aladdin as a win, even though it's riddled with problems. Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting now that we're five movies into the live-action Disney Jungle adaptations. Book, Beauty Jungle and Book, Beast. Beauty and the Beast, Pete's Dragon, Dumbo, oh, Aladdin. yeah, I, don't, I forget Pete's Dragon. I guess Dragon. Maleficent. People count Maleficent. Oh, sure. I don't, because that wasn't an animated movie. <laughs> well, now we're sequelizing... Yeah, right. It's just not related. It's like a spinoff that is live. It doesn't matter. Oh, and Cinderella. They made a Cinderella movie. Well, it's interesting because it's like, I'd say that that's like a take on the character because we will get like a Cruella DeVille film in the next two years. And I'm like, it feels like that's a different offset thing because we've already done 101 Dalmatians back in the 90s. So I guess you could even include... That that story was also very similar. Right. So they did 102. And it's like, what 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 are we we doing? doing? Shouldn't have been 201? Wouldn't that have been adding? God, I wish you were still doing the podcast. Once you have 101 Dalmatians, is one more Dalmatian really a problem? Well, here's the thing. In the Do you other, even notice it? That additional Dalmatian doesn't have spots, so it's not a Dalmatian. It's not 102. Well, they weren't going to be like 101 plus one dogs. I, uh, sure. It but doesn't like, really roll it, off the tongue. a spot. 
It doesn't matter. I digress. We're not going to talk about the 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the live-action Disney retrospective. We're blowing this wide open. <laughs> this has been going on for years. And look, we'll sit here and we'll shit-talk this movie, but we both will buy tickets to Lion King as soon as they become I readily mean, available. The sad part about all of this, and this is a much different episode of the podcast that we won't do, and then I'll get us back on the rails. Great. But the sad part about this is we will constantly complain about these remakes. And then go. Then they will make $200 million worldwide. Sure. And then we will go, where are the small original movies? And Brightburn and Booksmart will make less than $10 million on Memorial Day weekend. So there's a disconnect in what we're yelling and saying and doing, which is why this isn't the Hollywood hasn't done it before podcast with two or three downloads. It's the SEO <laughs> marketing says that I should do this. More clicks will happen for Aladdin. It is great because I was talking to you off mic when we were at the theater and the trailer for Anna came up and I was like, oh, very much like the skyscraper one. You must do like an Anna because it's just the femme Nikita and the you know point of no return. It's like, well, what else is coming out that week? I'm like, oh, well, Child's Play and Toy Story 4. And you just laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, all right, we won't be doing that. Then. <laughs> clicks are clicks. Right. So, yeah. Well, I mean, they, yeah. Uh. We could do a little bit about that at the end, maybe, of just, like, oh, the sad... It's a weird weekend, because it really does show you, like... I don't even want to include Brightburn in the conversation, well, because it's so bad. Brightburn is also a fake original movie. I feel like this needs right. to have its own category, where it's like, that's not an original idea. You're just positing to me, what if Superman was a dick? Right. That's not being original. That would be like if I went to you and was like, Zane, I've got this great idea for a story. Okay, this guy's parents get murdered in an alley, and he's a rich philanthropist. So he inherits everything from his dad, and then he travels the world to learn how to be the best serial killer, and he returns to his city years later. To become the Joker. To become a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, like, you're right. You're like, that's not a new idea. That's what if Batman was evil? It's starting with the concept and trying to be like, hey, let's, let's change this enough so this time around it's different. Which they also try to do in Aladdin, which which for me was something that I was like, I, I appreciated the attempts at trying to make the Jasmine character less of a useless right. character. Well, and we'll get into that, but first I just want to do our, our general thoughts on the movie. You liked it. You went in more tepid. Well, I think we both went in a little... How you not go in tepid? The word of mouth has been shit for months. Those trailers have been terrible. And I don't understand, like... What is going on with the Disney trailers? Maybe it's just someone in the senior position, like, uh, signing all of them off. But, like, trailers for movies like this, A Wrinkle in Time, Nutcracker, even the new Artemis Fowl one, I don't get a sense of what the movie is. I do, but I don't. And it's the wrong sense. So... There was a lot of, like, questions about Will Smith in this. No one was happy that it wasn't Robin Williams, and clearly we can't have him do this role. There was a lot of controversy surrounding the movie with browning up white actors because they couldn't find enough Indian background actors. They couldn't find an Aladdin for so long. So how could it have been good? Well, it was. It was because they knew where they were coming from. I got all the songs I wanted. All of the characters were there, and they're more so, with the exception of Jafar. We will also get to that later. Wolf, Jafar, man, book the next gig quick. That's all I can say. But for the rest, oh, and Guy Ritchie's directing, which, like, for the last five years I've been complaining about this guy, and it's not going to be any different on this show about his choices in this. Right. Everything else was fantastic. 
they captured how Abu was, the magic carpet, a lot of these elements that were, even though like you were you were saying the 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 cave of wonder, like ah, it just wasn't enough for me. I'm like, yeah, and then it like burst into lava and was everything I wanted it to be. They didn't subvert it too much, and they 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 stuck on their path for the most part. And and then that's why when you go in and if you ever saw the play, saw the animated film, they do the musical numbers right. And like Will Smith's contributed, like what he contributed to those shows, and I don't think, you know, ruined anything. Right. Well, and I, I think it, it was very interesting watching this movie because I went in the same way and was like, well, we're not paying the writers and the other controversies that you mentioned. And, oh, that too. And I, I just, every time I saw those trailers, said, it looks cheap. This looks so cheap. We can't throw like the third weekend of Endgame at this. Like, just take that money and <laughs> it's an extra sixty-five mil. Like, Shine it up, right? Like, you can't pretty it up a little bit, but it didn't in the actual movie. In like the context of that world, it did work. And I walked in that theater just going, I just want the music to be good. If we can just have good songs, I'll be fine. Because the rest of the story, like most of these Disney animated movies are simple and easy. And I think that's kind of almost where my problem with Aladdin becomes. And we'll talk about this when we get more to like adapting these Disney movies. Cause now we're just in it and this isn't stopping, mm-hmm. but I was like, it's a little too long because they're just buffering out what is like sure. an 80 minute cartoon. So every now and then I was like, okay, we get it. We can just get to the, we know the beats. Let's just go. But the music was great. I thought both Aladdin and Jasmine were fantastic. I really liked Will Smith's genie. I did too. He had energy. He had charisma. He was funny. They added, of all the things they added to this story, adding beyond him just being free and making it more wanting to be human was such an, a good choice that I think kind of bridged the gap where in the animated movie, not that you asked this question as a kid, but I kind of started thinking about it in this movie as a 30 year old man watching a children's film. I was like, well now what he's going to release this genie. And now there is just this like God among men is the reason that genies are like, they have to obey their masters (laughs) because we can't have, you know, these watchmen type characters (laughs) ruling the world. Or so, it's a situation like Jafar gets himself into and, like, was Genie once a human? Did he wish himself into this position? Or is it, like, a transferring back to, like, you're right. There are a lot right. of questions that get out. Because they free up Robin Williams' Genie, who doesn't have an, in, an inch of bad in his blood. And, and you're like stays that, that character for three films yeah, for the whole TV and then series. he's just a god. Right. Like, he's... But he's good. But he's, he's good. good. And he travels the world and he's plucky and fun. But it is the wishing for a million but, wishes, because that is the million wish, right. wish, is to free the genie, who's now like, sure, let's be buds. Like, what do you want? Wouldn't that have been a great crux to have in this, is like, the trick of this movie would have been, like, how do you get infinite wishes, and when he frees the genie, it's like, this is how you do That's it. That's how I always I wish was. to be the genie, and then I just needed you to free me. You, you fool. You have to, pr- <laughs> you have to fake be a good person, <laughs> and then you can be the ultimate worst version of yourself. Right, yeah, like, that's kind of, but they don't do that. He becomes human. Human no, that, again for seven year olds. That gets away <laughs> from the like the bright burn of the, the movie. The physics of how this gaseous, gaseous like genie can fit in a lamp. Well, like, this it's is not- the problem with seeing. This is the a the problem where we live in a culture of like Twitter and podcasts and YouTube shows where we all have to have a take. And eventually, we are just going to be like, but now 
how does this genie work in the real world? He doesn't, because he's a fictional fake person. Yeah. The same way Game of Thrones is a fake show, and it doesn't really matter. And so we shouldn't have petitions online to change it, because the fake oh. dragon isn't going to do anything else but be a dragon. But I was like, oh, that's a clever way of depowering him, and I guess getting away from these weird questions you'd have of like, well, now what? He's just going to go right. be a god? Is this, is Aladdin 2 now going to be like, Will Smith's evil? Sure. Because they give this genie just enough of an edge where you're like, yeah, he's not 100% good like Robin Williams' genie. He is kind of like a bit rude to Aladdin sometimes and has selfish wants and needs because he does want to be human. So we do see him like, I have to go spend time with this girl that I want to be with, and I have to figure out how to make all these things happen. You bring up a great point, which I want to touch on real quick before I forget. The banter between Aladdin and Genie was much more fleshed out in this. And I think it's because you know they were just doing a lot of booth work for the animated film. And it really was a lot of Robin just being Robin. I mean, I've heard them say that there are so many unused hours of recordings and and voices oh, and they stuff. redid they do, the whole genie animation because of all right. the stuff they and got he, he from could him. do so much that's like kind of locked up in his post-mortem contract of 25 years past death um this kind of like you know you could tell like the two of them like were on set when they were on set because clearly there was a body double for the genie's body oh yeah which was gets- too buff and just changing constantly like and just the pecs were just bouncing at times, and I'm and like these this like Dwayne this Johnson biceps that were just very. Those were the only times where I was like, I don't like buff genie. Well, they, I want him to just look like a real. What they did was they did three things, and I th- feel like they should have cut out a middle step. The first thing they did was they made a digital base for the genie as you would. They then did mocap with the second actor for the body and then rendered Will Smith's face on top of those two layers. It really should have just been a face on a CGI body, which I could be like, I might find out after this is I I really didn't look into the uh, building of it. But it felt that way because the body was just reacting normally and was clearly just too fat to be Will Smith. And his face kind of danced around his head. It moved a little bit too much. And you could just kind of tell Will Smith was like, yeah, I'm not coming around on those days. Like, we'll do that in Burbank, you know, like. And, and okay, fair enough. But for the scenes that he is the human genie, then he's playing like, you know, Prince Ali's like main person and all of this. And they're kind of getting into this Abbott and Costello kind of like, you know, road movie Bob Hope, Bing Crosby moments with each other that I think just pay off and are really kind of great. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I really didn't like were some of the Guy Ritchie choices. Yes, can we talk about the yeah. biggest one? I've, I tell everyone the when I see it. The slow-mo and the... It doesn't make sense. It's going to even confuse a little kid who's like, what? They do a musical number. It's... I can't even remember which one it is, but it's he is... It's the... Uh, the Gotta stay one step ahead of the bop bop. Uh, yeah. Dun, 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 and he's dun, like dun. fleeing from the guards with Jasmine, and, he, and they're getting away, and he leaps this giant fallen pillar... And it goes into super Guy Ritchie slow-mo. But the tempo of the song stays the same. And he's He's singing singing it. And his lips are moving and singing at the normal speed of all of it. But he's still like slowly hurtling this thing. And it's like this weird, like they kind of do it one other time in the musical number. It feels like a moment in like 
the Justice League when the Flash is going fast and then Superman just like looks at him at normal speed and you're like, whoa, but that works because we're in this like... Or even in Dread where you take the drugs and it's a slow-mo drug, but if they throw you off a building, you're not going to slow-mo the whole fall. You'll be dead in 3.5 seconds because that's how fast you're falling. Right. It's... It, it, it just, again, these are questions a 30-year-old man is asking, and it's, like, just distra- distracting me from the story. There's also no need for it. There was no need to slow this frame down for me to take in the small intricacies of, like, the jump, the setting, if there was a knife or something, like, blowing past him, which is what Guy Ritchie often does with these shots. And it's very, they, because he is trying to do those, he makes Agrabah feel so small and tight. Yeah, like so whenever, two city blocks. Yeah, whenever there's big action, there's almost like no room to move. And I think part of that is to be like, well, thieves could get around here and pick your pockets and do all their things. Uh-huh. Like, it's supposed to feel like a, this will be the second podcast in a row I've referenced this video game, an Assassin's Creed Crusades type world that's like crowded and there's a hustle bustle and you can like come and go in the shadows. But because he's trying to do these like, Fast and the Furious action set pieces in the beginning, you're just like, well, I need a whole city block to do this, not a hallway. Not a not an alley in between all... Yeah, it's... Yeah, it it just gets jumbled. He, he also speeds things up, uh, like, a, 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 during You've Never Had a Friend Like Me, at the very end, it, the two characters, Genie, who's, like, dancing in a human body form, and Aladdin, or I don't even know what Genie is... They become CGI composites of themselves for the sole purpose of making them do dance moves I guess they couldn't do normally and then speeding it up and trying to be like, isn't this impressive? I'm like, well, no, that's no longer a real person. It's so obvious. And I've never seen a culture dance this way. I've seen Middle Easterners dance. I am from Turkey. I know some culturally. And it, it, it just like it felt a little bit more Indian than it actually did Middle Eastern. Yeah, it was a very weird mix of like all of them. Let's just of let's be inclusive, and it's like, well, that's kind of ignorant because <laughs> right. you, know, you can't really like even the musical number at the end. I've heard so many people be like, it's like a Bollywood. I'm like, well, it's not the traditional Bollywood song they close it out with, but yes, it is the full cast doing a close up number that's like a tack on thing yeah. that feels in the vein of like Bollywood, which didn't bother me, but they did infuse like hip-hop beats and dance moves. Well, and it is important to say that Will Smith had creative yeah. leeway with the music, and that it was It becomes like, uh, oh, what are those dance movies that are like... The, uh, Step Up. It oh, became like okay. Step Up was, in, a, in yeah. Agrabah for a little bit. They do... Oh, my God. So when... It was my, one of my favorite moments with the music is the pump up right before the shutdown in Prince Ali. And oh like, yeah, because uh, it like because Wilson was like, "We waiting for you, we waiting for you." And I'm like, "What is what is he's like doing like a pitbull thing here? Is this gonna be good?" And then the Sultan starts tapping, and the bass, the horns, everything flew in. And for a brief moment, the hairs on my like the hairs all over me stood up, and I felt like I was watching a live show in a theater. Like it was like the pit was there. Well, and people were clapping. In Everyone theater, was we engaged. A, we had a very engaged audience, and I older really, audience. Yeah, yeah. We saw it in IMAX, and I loved the musical numbers. Like I don't want to tear everything apart and be like, but I liked it. But like the things I, I yeah. I mean, like Aladdin's performances. The costuming was great. These sure. dance numbers were so fun to watch, and to me, that's why in the middle 
I was like, when are we gonna get another one of those? Let's go. Yeah, that coffee during this. Yeah, exactly. I got to that point where we we got through like Prince Ali and all the other big songs. And Never once had we a were, friend like me, once the genie was established and was like, you're just lying to Jasmine for forty well, minutes. Yeah, and once we were done with, uh, I can show you the world. I was like. Oh, now we just have to do this online. Jafar's trying to take over, right. Power corrupts. I am just going to keep being the prince and keep lying. Aladdin's dead. Now I'm underwater. And that's when I was like, now we're just padding this story because I believe they do that in the cartoon. And then Jafar just comes in and like, seizes power. Jafar almost knows that Aladdin is instantly, or Prince Ali is Aladdin in the cartoon. This one, it's a few more looks, and, and Iago is kind of flying around and, and making observations, his parrot, and kind of, I think that kind of cues it in a little bit more, but you're right. It's there. Good padding, I will mention, uh, Billy Magnuson plays a Swedish prince that is a suitor he was for great. Jasmine. He maybe couldn't have been on screen more than 10 minutes Huge lasting impression. And that was another thing that led to the controversy. It was like, well, why are we hiring this white actor? And I think that that's something to be like, well, let's not be so quick to judge. Jasmine has turned down every prince in the kingdom that now Vikings are traveling over. Again, I don't know what what era, time, location this is. So we're just going to accept it because it's funny. And again, children's film. Yeah, I I think if you're going to pad out the movie, I would have liked more of him. A little bit uh, more of the Sultan. More of the Sultan. Yes. I was going to say more of the Sultan. More of this kind of like almost D plot they do of Jafar wanting to invade the mom's homeland. Oh my God. Can we just talk about Jafar right now? Yeah, because he's terrible. He's all the worst it. part of this First movie. of all, you cast an older actor. This guy maybe looked like a rough 30, 34. Right. Like you could have been like within the age range of Jafar. <laughs> right. He does not have a menacing voice. His voice is actually rather high. It's not annoying, but it isn't like Jafar. It isn't menacing. There is no base bravado of fear. It's I am Jafar. Bring me the lamp. Like and his moments of intimidation are like I'm going to soft talk to you and you will be afraid. At no point was I afraid. At no point. Like they even Iago is just a parrot that doesn't form sentences and is still kind of comic relief, but, like, that part's not there to help that character. Which I also thought was weird that we didn't make Iago, like... It's weird in a Disney movie, in in, in the Disney universe, I guess I'll say, to go, here's a live-action Jungle Book and the animals talk, and here's a live-action Lion King and the animals talk, and here's a live-action Aladdin with this beloved parrot, but we no longer think the talking parrot is realistic, and we will now make him normal. What are you talking about? I'm the second-billed actor in the animated film! Right, I'm like, just let this all be... This is what we want. Like, I want this loud Aladdin and and a a parrot, Iago. Uh, I thought it was weird because he was a normal parrot that Jafar still grabs him at the end and is like, you're coming with me in the lamp. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) okay, are we? Because that's how they set up Return of Jafar. Right. And I'm now like, boy, this movie was able to jump over my expectations and deliver a really fun time. I know that there are two really good animated sequels. I do not want to fucking see a Return of Jafar with this guy. I would not be able to do it. They seriously need to recast. It should have been F. Murray Abrams. It sh- it could have been, you know, like that type of role that that is just like an older, yeah. more known. 
I, even if it was like, let's say, an Indian Bollywood actor. That's what that they should have done. Kind of like Molaram and Temple of Doom. Yeah. That would have been the best. Well, thing that's what do. they should have done because the last thing they want to do is add more non controversy to this because yeah, you already right. have like almost you know song of the south level brown face in it, the beginning with these so extras it's so clear in the first like, 10 minutes that they are white oof. actors with brown face paint you're and, already and shoddy not beards. paying the writers for the original songs which you're straight up using them you're using lines from the movie or I was gonna say Guy Ritchie has a writing credit on this film and none of the original writers do yet every memorable line moment banter back and forth like all the good moments were ripped directly right. from that animated film. So let's talk a bit. I want to do all this controversy because I almost want to do a like it's a shame that this is these people who say they care about film and movies and then don't support Brightburn and Booksmart and then go support the movie riddled with controversy and it's like do you just like the movies or do you actually care about the industry? Sure. I think you just like the thing that you want Absolutely. and you'll put on blinders to everything else. But then you'll also complain that there's nothing original and new. As an adaptation of Aladdin, and even bigger, as an adaptation of these of these characters and these movies, we now have all of these kind of different ways of doing it. We now have the Cinderella Maleficent route where we're just doing another take. We have the, like, Jungle Book where we're really building out this world. More than the story, we're expanding on this world. We have Beauty and the Beast, which is just a one-to-one. We have Aladdin's a one to one. Aladdin's a one. Aladdin is like somewhere in the middle of the Jungle Book and Beauty and, and the Beauty Beast. And Beauty and the Beast because right with Beauty and the Beast, they're like, well, LeFou is now gay. I was like, oh, okay. he was always he was always a, a little, little different. Is Fufi an okay word that? to say? Well, in the animated world of France, that they do it, yes, but not now, Blake. No, not in 2019. <laughs> I don't think you can get away. with I, that. Nobody really says it anymore. But, but, but it was one of those things that Disney is is one of the biggest offenders of uh, queer baiting us or yeah. LGBTQ baiting us uh, to be more appropriate. And I think that that's shameful, especially for them to be like, well, there's going to be a gay character in Endgame. Yeah, there's second. It's Joe Russo's five lines in, a, in an AA meeting. Like, no, no, there's no, no. second. Only to J.K. Rowling. I, oh my God, she's got the gold trophy. She absolutely does. Did you know that all of my characters have been gay the and whole they time? All had an epic orgy with each other at one point or another. No, with this one, they took that route and they they focus on Jasmine. Jasmine has right. two new songs, and in the end, when she should have just been thrown in the dungeon and been a total damsel in distress, she steps up and like takes a stand. I don't think that it was the best stand in the world for it to elicit the reaction that it did. It feels like she's talking to someone that's like 20 years her senior and being like, I remember when you were a boy running around this castle. It's like, you yourself are barely 20. This guy looks 40. I don't know if the head guard is going to not listen to the magical sorcerer that is now salting. There are right. too many higher... Well, they kind of like do the... the attempt. I like the attempt. I, I, yeah, I, I love the song she sings. Yeah, they're good. I just kind of wish that her, like, seizing power moment was, like, a little more actionable than just being like, hey, change your mind. I get what they're doing because the whole movie is about power and Jafar's, like, quest for power, and they almost get very, like... That Kanye song of like, well, what's a man to a god, and what's a god to a non? They almost Jafar are just like was a big Kanye fan. He yeah. could, he could tap what into the future. Is of Spotify. a man? <laughs> like he almost just his power is meaningless from the jump, and I get that you're having Jasmine take that away from him. I wish that that beat was a little bit stronger, uh, but I, I think 
that's exactly, if we're gonna start stretching these 88 minute cartoons into two and a half hour long movies, I want you to, instead of adding stories like Dumbo did, that was my other example, then you have Dumbo where we just run and do our own thing, build on the diversity that you already kind of have built in. Because Disney does have this library of strong female characters that they kind of, for all of its history, were like, and then the man will save you, and that will be that. So I'm like, now if we're going to do The Lion King, make Nala and Simba's mom, whose name I cannot remember, like, awesome. When Scar is in power, don't just have Nala, like, roll in to find him. And be like, well, he's now the king. Yeah, she totally becomes a non-existent character. And then Nala just goes off and finds him. But I, like, now I'm like, I want to see that. I want to see, like, them rebel against him. And we know that Mulan is going to be the, like, here we are And we know they're putting the money into it. And so far, zero controversy from how I've, like, my take on it. Like, it, it... there, There's it, just no music in it, and that's my only like. But I want the music. True. Oh, not they've true. changed that. I believe that there it will not be a full musical, but certain songs may be in it. Well, you need them. There's some good well, the, songs. I in think Mulan. I think the biggest songs that will stick around will be when they're in the army training, because I feel like it'll lend to those scenes. There's a lot of marching songs. Make a man out of you. Like you're not not gonna do that, you know? Right. And other than that, like that movie is very much like a war epic. It'll be very. Good. Uh, Alan Menken was the one who was speaking about uh, speaking on the new songs that he wrote for Jasmine and kind of looking ahead. And uh, I don't know that he made any mention about Mulan, but what he did say was, I do think that the one that we shouldn't touch and couldn't, even if we tried, was Pocahontas. Yeah. He's like, the songs are beloved and people have asked me. It's like, for almost what you're saying, we would have to rewrite the white colonist story 100%. Oh, like, yeah. They can't be invaders. They'd have to already be there. And it would it, like and that and that doesn't end well. What do they do? They take Pocahontas to England at the end and try to like wider up at the like it's just not it's not good. It's never yeah. been a good series, really, as far as its morals. And it relies too much on a history that has been like watered down and bastardized by the public education system to a point where I'm like, yeah, let's not celebrate this in film, really. Even if right. we make the natives the heroes and it's their story, like, the third act is still, not Radigan, but whatever his name is, coming in and just shooting them and starting a war and burning their place down. And I think that's really the challenge. Because if we look at, like, the need in the marketplace for this... There isn't one There isn't one. No. No, 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 no. There's not really one for Aladdin. There's no, like, no. well, what's going on in today's it, times that we're telling the story. It should have been Mulan with the trend in, I think, Asian-American films and, like, just having more yeah. cultural representation in their own films. Mulan should have been coming out now. Right. Aladdin is just up there in the higher echelons with Beauty and the Beast and Lion King, which is why these are, like, the first ones that we're getting. Dumbo, I just think, is to keep their rides relevant. Yeah. At the park. I loved your podcast where you said, like, I just don't know why we made this one. And I'm like, I, I don't know either. This was at a time when Tim Burton had started. Will Smith was in talks to play the ringleader, but then eventually stepped away from it. The missed opportunity with the crows where you could have done something. You could have done something. And that's the funny part. Usually when we're doing these remakes, we're readapting them for a modern time and kind of updating what's problematic, what could be more empowering. And I do think Aladdin, it didn't. It did a good job of empowering Jasmine. But it did a very bad job of updating what's problematic because it has added 
all of the, from like the jump, these extras that were brown facing, well, we at, can't find these stars, so we might have to do this. And look at like that kind of like Stone Age bazaar. People were getting their hands cut off. Like right. the, the capitalist punishment system, not capitalist, but the punishment system set up in Turkey is horrifying. Like the Midnight Express, like and the drug trade and all, like it, there's a lot of small things to like get into that you don't want to get into, right. and that are just awful. And um, some of it's in there, you know, like the huge separation in class. Like you see this extravagant wealth, and then like all the kids are hungry. Everyone's hungry and can't afford right. food, and just kind of like what the type of punishment is, and how barbaric so much you know of the culture is for a woman to to have her own opinions and say something. And it's it was you know that was the biggest element that going in. I'm like. They would like. I already knew it was changed. Right. I wasn't going in like, well, this is ridiculous. She should be chained in that dungeon for the last third if we're going to be true to this original movie. Like, no, no, that's, right. That's awful. So yeah, it, yeah, it's a good ad- It's a perfectly fine adaptation. I think with a better director and a it more, been great. Te- uh, more, uh, just a better villain, better Jafar. Yeah. We, I would be sitting here complaining less, and I wouldn't have noticed as many of the problems, but they right. still would have been there. Right. And I'm glad that I'm noticing them because it's like, we shouldn't just write this off as a huge success. We really should try to learn from it. You know, at the time of us recording this, in the initial three days, not even including Memorial Day, it's already banked 85 million. Highest projections before the weekend were 55. It will probably pass 100. That's incredible. Yeah, it's currently right now the whole box office. And then we'll talk. I want to talk about this box office, unless you have more to say about Aladdin itself. No, I think I've spoke my piece to Great. it because I think anyone that goes knows what they want and you'll get that. Right. It's some of the other stuff that's in there is a misstep and the other stuff is like, well, I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a shame that the behind the scenes stuff is bad and that no one really seems to care because there is a lot of like no, stuff I, going on with the WGA right now. Yes. yes. There's a a lot of like getting the animation writers involved. There's a lot of problems with these extras being brown faced, and I don't really know what. Here's a, here's one other thing I will speak at too, because you've brought it up. I thought it was really shitty of Disney to originally be like, "Well, we can't find an Aladdin. We can't find Indian men to play Aladdin or or, or Middle Eastern men that that fit this role." So they found this guy. I I don't know his name. I'm sure I will in five years. I think he's going to be a, yeah. a huge star. But the thing was, he was not discovered for this role. He has been acting for several years and and played several noticeable like right. role. Like, and so like, he, I think he played a terrorist in Homeland. He's played a few of these roles. But I'm like, he was there when you couldn't find him. I guarantee you there are hundreds of well, other eligible candidates that you just this can't is also, find. That's like that's just such a lazy thing to say. Well, this is also a movie that doesn't need a big name to sell it. It's Aladdin. You can and you also have a big name. You have Will Smith. You have Will Smith. So you have the giant IP, you're Disney, and you have Will Smith. Go find the super talented Unknown. Do what you did for Daisy Ridley and yeah, Star Wars. Like, Do the old school like casting across the nation. Like have it be a story. Like I know that they just did that with one of these girls. Uh, I don't know enough. I haven't read enough. I don't want to even get into it. But I know that they still do it 
where they're like, we found like this person to be the role. And it was like, wow, they are really great. And I kind of felt that way about this Aladdin where I was like, why was it so hard to find this guy? And then to look at his IMDb and be like, oh, well, he's there. Oh, well, he's this was very there. easy to find yeah. this guy. You just couldn't find a guy. You just wanted to put some huge guy in it. And your excuse for him being white was going to be, where are they? And the internet was not having that. No. It's just, which I'm, which I'm glad. Look, if we can update Sonic the Hedgehog, we can, we can find, find an accurate Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. He's Canadian. He's not even American. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. The movie has made 86 million domestically this weekend at over 200 worldwide. I think you're okay. It's not going to slow down either. The next kids movie isn't until Disney's next offering of Toy Story 4. Right. So this weekend was an interesting one because, A, it's Memorial Day weekend. We're in, like, the, what, fifth weekend of Endgame, the third weekend of Pokemon, the second weekend of John Wick, and then we have these two indie, smaller movies that I feel like people have been begging for, this R-rated superhero horror movie in Brightburn, and this small indie book smart, the super bad of a new generation with Olivia Wilde. These are two kind of genres that you're always hearing people be like, well, where are they? Where are they? Where are my smart female-led comedies with female directors and ba-ba-ba-ba-ba? Here it is. It's going up against Aladdin, which you've spent all year complaining about. Aladdin sitting at 86 million. Booksmart sitting at 6.5 with no production budget listed, and Brightburn is sitting at 7 mil with a 6 mil budget. In between that is John Wick at 24 million, Avengers Endgame at 16 million, and Pokemon Detective Pikachu at 13 million. So they're getting decimated by the marketing machines. This is the summer. We have to remember that this is May. This is the hottest month of the year. Always has been. I think it always will be. They know the schools are out. Kids are going. Everyone's going. It doesn't. I. I. It doesn't make sense to put Booksmart on Memorial Day weekend. It doesn't. Right. I understand that Brightburn moved after the conspiracy, like James Gunn being fired and the Guardians two news and and Sony held it and now it came out. Fine. That would have been the counter programming alone. It wouldn't have been enough. This is a movie that has to shine on its own in a drought of several weeks around it because. It's from, and I have not seen it yet, but I have read the reviews. I've talked to people who said overall, above everything else, it's funny. It is original. It is going to be one of those that we're talking about forever. And word of mouth does still work right. in getting people. It's just hard to cut through the noise of the first live action Pokemon movie, the highest earning John Wick movie, the end of the Marvel franchise, Disney's next bullshit. You know, right. it's just, You already didn't have the money for your marketing going against the juggernauts. It's also weird. I think it speaks also to how people consume this kind of content now. Yeah. This kind of story is just on Netflix and Hulu for free. I watch Dead to Me all weekend. I don't need another female-led coming-of-age story. I also watched Pen15, and it was like, well, that scratched my itch for this content. Okay. Like, you even look at something like mid-90s or any of these, like, smaller indie movies that are now kind of being, like, celebrated once they become to VOD. Look. That are, like, 
Well, what was the most recent Asian-led Netflix movie that just came out with Randall Park, and it's another rom-com? Keanu Reeves shows up, and yeah. it, uh, sometimes you are... Some, I maybe, it's the yeah. only thing people are talking about You're online. Right. The noise for that is cutting completely through Aladdin and everything else. When these movies come to the place that people are watching it, it blasts through all this bullshit. But it, but it is also like, I, there is, like, for me, there are two frequencies of noise, because I'll go see Aladdin as my night out, and then when I come back home before I go to bed, it's the Netflix alternative of right. me or whatever is that. Well, that might be level. the counterculture now. Counter programming might not be in theaters. It might be like, hey, people are going to go out, be the thing that they watch when they come home. I also think to speak on Booksmart, just because that is could also be a case for your show. There are a fair amount of people that are directly comparing it to Superbad. Oh, well, yeah. It looks identical to Superbad in some aspects, and Superbad has one of the biggest followings among our generation and the millennial group that some of them aren't willing to take this step into this other movie because formulaically, this is how the studios make sequels now. They find what the biggest right. thing was 10 years ago and try very, very hard not to change as much as possible. And that just... I well, I mean, even super bad for the to counter your argument. Super bad when we were teens to the people that are our age now was just American Pie. Exactly, you're right. You, I, I would say you're right. I would say, you know, that to have like the Apatow, Seth Rogen kind of jump appeal to it, and like you know Jonah Hill, Michael Cera, right. like they all had something going. These two leads, I think they're very funny, and, and one of them is Jonah Hill's sister, Bernie Feinstein, right. or I, I don't know, I have to check her last name. Um, she is the one that I'm like, I've seen in 22 Jump Street, or I've right. seen her in all these other comedies kind of as a supporting role. She was in Lady Bird, incredible in that. And I'm like, okay, I I can see that kind of like, and her kind of going on to do this, but this is a directorial debut from someone who doesn't really do comedies. Not that I don't want to support Olivia Wilde. I'm like, I just wouldn't expect her to make this comedy. Right. The other names involved, they're like people that I kind of know from TV and, and oh, Jason Sudeikis will show up for five minutes and really only five minutes. But I just think that, you know, when American Pie kind of came out, it was the thing that everyone talked about and the older generation could latch onto like Eugene Levy and those all of those stars like Tara Reid, like they were kind of budding names. The Judd Apatow kind of era was for super bad. Right now we're at a time where comedies are kind of struggling to well, they're break out, but they're at home now. Exactly. That's where yeah, you get that content. Like, yeah. I think that's just where we are with it. I was happy to see that Booksmart wasn't a straight-to-VOD release. I, I'm excited yeah. to see it, and, and critically it's doing great. It will be interesting when Netflix starts releasing numbers, and you can be like, well, you would have had more eyes if it was on Netflix. And however that translates to you financially, I don't know what Netflix's like back end deals are, but if you could be like, well, if your comedy's on Netflix, they cut you a bigger check when people watch it. But nobody's gonna go see it in theaters because it's up against. Fortunately, my all friend, that things. is not the case. And right now, residuals and just kind of like the payout of like what your product is on a streaming app or online is so like non existent right now and just its new frontier that I, I understand why people are kind of weary. And it would suck to put out a hit and then be like, well, do we get anything like as a bonus? Be like, no, good job, though. Well, you'd have to look at the um, Christmas Chronicle, the Kurt Russell Christmas oh, movie yes, they the did. Oh, Christmas movie that would have made $180 million in a single weekend if it opened. Incorrect. I'm sorry. Barriers well, to entry. There aren't any. That's the thing, though, is they can now say that 
because they now have the market that American Pie had the advantage of in the 90s. Everyone was going to theaters. That's where you saw movies. Yeah. That climate has now shifted. It's kind of that weird thing I said about Endgame, where I was like, if it doesn't beat Avatar in two or three weekends, it's not going to because less people just go now. Netflix didn't exist That's a great point. at so, a time when Avatar was out. So to throw it to Disney, we can say that Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, Aladdin have all done so well because there was a stage play that also ran successfully for right. many, 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 many years and are still being put on by high schools. To many people, and to myself too, when I go and see these, because I'm not really going to go, like, you invited me on the podcast, so I was like, well, I'll go opening night then, instead of catching it on a plane. I treat it like a night out at the theater. Like, right. the actual... It's the event movie. The event movie. It's exactly right. Dumbo never had a play. Dumbo, Dumbo was never had any success. That Dumbo tried to put so many relevant names that I like to get me there, and then it was just like... But I'm watching a really well, sad fucking movie. You'll probably see a split of like the Dumbos, the Ladies, and the Tramps that we know are coming. But they've <clears> already <throat> moved that to. Disney I was gonna Plus. say you're yeah. gonna see the smaller. Let's keep our rides relevant and have a downloadable content level in Kingdom Hearts, and we'll put it on Disney Plus. And then their Aladdin's, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King's, Mulan's but the, but will be their huge movies. The Lady and the Tramp is, uh, help me out, is Justin Theroux and Tessa Thompson. Yeah. And but a names, huge all-star cast. Yeah, but we know that names don't sell movies. No, I get that. But at the same time, why not? It's it's you're, you're, The stars are these dogs that we're shooting. And you could just get a clever voice to they it. They still want it to be good? I guess they're going to hire the there people. There are a lot of voice actors out there that aren't names that would do good. I think once you are in Disney's grip, for lack of a better word, the once you're a Tessa grip. Thompson, a John Favreau, I think they're just going to keep using you. Why would they? No, right, right. Once they know, because look at all the people that they fire and get rid of. Once they know the quality of their content, which is all that Disney cares about, really, and buying up studios. Huh. Once they know that they're going to get that quality, they are just going to give John Favreau every animal eccentric movie now. He'll do the well, Lion what, King. What is the next Jungle one? The Book Rescuers. Two. I Don't will watch tease that. Me. Oh shit! Let's but just go every, straight to Down Under. No, you. Were but saying. then every now and then they do take a weird risk, and we get this Rescue Rangers movie from one of the Lonely Island guys that won't be about a detective agency and or will be even like live action. Or like I said, like you know, they're. they're Still going after the novel approach and the novel being an IP with Wrinkle in Time and Artemis Fowl. Well, look, they have just so much money that now they can just plant flags and be like, well, nobody else can release a movie this weekend. We're just if we're not going to get 80 million, we're going to make it so you can't get 50. That's all they're really doing with those. And then, then it becomes the art of counter-programming. Yeah. You need to really know what you have. Well, you're getting dangerously close to the 40s when the studios had exhibitors and had theater chains. And they were just controlling their own stream. Yeah, That's now what the streaming service is becoming. Is Now Disney can go, we have the IPs and we have the theater places and we have the streaming service. Come to us. We're getting very, very close to when the government had to come in and be like, no, Paramount doesn't get to own a chain of theaters. 
Sony doesn't get to have their own chain of theaters. You don't get to do that because you're just funneling in the content and nobody could make anything. It wasn't even until we got involved in World War II that you could even pitch a World War II movie about anti-Nazis to a studio because they just didn't want to put it in their theaters. You couldn't make anything with minorities because it was white people running the theaters, running the studios, and running the production companies. And they just went, no, I'm going to make my movie for my people and my theater. Go home. And we're getting so close to that that Disney is now recycling actors and creators for their everything, for their properties, yes. for this. They Luckily, now own just, all of Hulu. They own all of Disney+. Plus. It is important to say, yes, you're right, and this is a money conquest because they are being extremely careful with casting and diversity issues. In the same day that they announced this, Time Warner was like, we're going to pull all of our classic Warner Brothers stuff and put it on our streaming service in a few years. Okay, whatever, Warner Brothers. We'll see Get you that later. DC app available to think download about, somewhere else. But really think about everything Warner Brothers owns historically. Oh, dude, no. I, <laughs> they are my number one studio yeah. of great risks and, and classic films. And once that films. is all behind a big paywall and another password and username you need, do they die or do you give in? Uh, it just depends on how successful you <laughs> like, can be. Because when you can't get a fan base to jump on board and start paying you $7 right. a month, you then book out the movies to Hulu because their catalog for adults, Disney's at least, is a lot smaller when you don't consider well, now they own all of Fox's IPs. That's right. That's right. Like, so now they can be like, nah. Pretty much. So now they can be like, oh, your streaming service didn't work out? We also don't want you. And now those movies are just gone. But Warner Brothers has Time Warner and Cable, and that could be their new on-demand with the cable is, right. you don't, don't like anything new? Well, we've got the last plus 75 years of our catalog just at your fingertips when you pay for that's internet. That's just another price wall, though. If I'm saying they can work that into something that's already current right. instead of being a new app because they, if you remember, Warner Brothers did have their vault available to get in there and watch the classics, and it was yeah. at a high price point, and nobody cared because I'll just go to a library and rent the movie that I want to see and save the money. Because I just I have too many things that I pay for that will yeah. ultimately be the thing. Yeah, it's a bad thing. <laughs> it's all getting more and more small. But you were right. We can expect these event movies to keep coming. That's all. Until they be. run out, and then they're like, they'll look at, they'll come back to the Return of Jafar and be like, well, if we well by then it, we'll be forty, and they'll just do it again for the new thirteen-year-olds. But the real question is, will we still be doing this podcast? No, probably not. <laughs> It was like, I hope so. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> I can't imagine why. Well, at that point. We'll at that go. point, we'll be like, well, now our kids have to go. They don't know Aladdin. Well, it's like L.A.'s podcast already did it. We look back at a retrospective of other episodes yeah. we recorded 10 years ago. And look at how the Disney train is still chugging along. I mean, it's just going to go forever. <laughs> I'm your host. They released, Blake is dead. And this is now depressing. They released <laughs> that fucking release schedule through like 2030. <laughs> like... Yeah, well, they always do that. It's insane. Plant your flag. That's why John Wick had to so quickly be like, four is Memorial Day in two years. It's ours, and we have it, and yeah, it's ours, and that's Everyone's kind of doing that. It's crazy. Just with the big ones. Right. Everything else can just slowly just show up whenever online. You have to. Well, that's our show, guys. Leave us a review and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Hollywood Already Did It, and we'll see you next week. Bye.